You're listening to the Great to Greater podcast with Tiffany Rufino, where we talk about all things business and life. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to our podcast. This is Tiffany Rufino with the Indiana to her Jones, Jeff Rufino. Hello. And I'm not wearing a fedora, but we'll go with it. Okay, yeah. I'm not sure how a fedora would look on you. Not, I don't I don't think I could pull it off. I'm still invested in the Kangol hat. I'm bringing that back. Yeah, let's do the Kangols. I'm always good with a nice fitted baseball cap. Regular, old school. Okay, that's definitely not a Kangol hat. No. Okay. <laughs> well, thank all. you, our listeners. We're um, being patient and waiting for our new podcast to come about. We have, uh, quote unquote, relaunched the Other Side Enterprise with relaunched and this podcast is now tiffany rufino from relaunched and uh you'll see some different things once our website is relaunched (laughs) with new information and some very cool things coming up uh some very great things have happened recently and within the past year Um, But most of all, we are just really excited to come back to do the podcast with some different topics because life has changed in the business world and leadership and also for employees. And we felt that it was time to start talking about it. Yeah, uh, to say stuff has changed, I think, is is an understatement. Um, Everything's gone topsy-turvy. And I think people are noticing that their work environments, their work relationship, um, everything that they do with their business, it they just have to evolve to keep up with the times. And, you know, the last two years have been pretty crazy. I think that's a good point about evolving because that kind of brings us into what today's topic is and whether or not... Um, people should evolve and which category of people should evolve to uh, compensate. So today we're going to be talking about the work from home versus working in the office uh, debate. And obviously in a retail store at this point, you know, you need people on the front end to speak to customers. So or to like, you know, help them shop and help them find clothing or or whatever the case may be. So if you're working in a mall, working from home and helping somebody shop is not necessarily an option unless you start like an app and you become a personal shopper and do that. And so you're welcome for that one. Um, <laughs> you'll get a couple of ideas from me, I guess. Um, so as, aside from like the service industry, like thinking more of an office environment or an mm-hmm. environment where you're not totally uh, customer facing, the debate is whether or not employees should go back to the office. Should they be in a hybrid environment where it's a couple of days in the office, a couple of days at home? Should they have the option or should they work from home? And I have my own feelings on that. And I know that Jeff has his own feelings on that. And we both kind of differ a little bit. So the goal here is not to decide or end this podcast with a a winner, although uh, you would, you know, be successful in saying that I'm always right. (laughs) Um, Hint, hint. It's just really just to start a conversation and and to uh, spark some different thoughts or maybe re-spark thoughts that uh, were originally there and may have disappeared because of fears in the financial world and, you know, what's going to be better for the business and that sort of thing. So what are your thoughts initially on, like, where do you stand on the work from home, work from the office? Let's start there. Well... In some ways, um, it can be said I'm a little biased because for the past, I want to say, going on nine years, I've been exclusively working right from the house, mm-hmm. right? So um, I'm well aware. Yep. Yeah. She gets <laughs> sick of me being home all, I did the, all not the time. say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, um, in working from home and in working in an environment that houses many, many different departments, I also see the value of having, within reason, uh, 
a return to office kind of mindset for certain places. There are departments within many organizations that work much, much better in person um, for various reasons. And it's just weird to, um, I think the, the real question is who should be making that decision of do you work from home or do you uh, return to the office? If so, how, how often, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. I believe that if you are working on the back end and you're not customer facing, that uh, as the employee, I think you have the opportunity to make that decision of what works best for your lifestyle. Some mm-hmm. people are extroverts and they want to be around the office and yeah, be in absolutely. that environment. I know um, I've, well, both you and I have had the experience of working out in the fields, but also working from home. Um, but there's some people that need that stability and consistency in the environment in order to do their work. And, you know, being around other people that are in the office helps with that. Whereas other people who, especially during, um, you know, times of quarantine and things like that, they've experienced working from home and they have accomplished so much more. They've been more productive and their mental health has been better because they've been able to keep an eye on their family, make sure everything is going you know, uh, according to plan, because they don't have to pay for daycare or babysitter or things like that. They can accomplish their work, you know, within the time frame that they're allotted. I also think that some people that have decided to work from home may have saved on costs, like the cost of gas, the cost of food, you know, um, you go out all the time, like usually on the way to work, you grab a, uh, I won't mention a coffee brand, but you go and you get your favorite coffee brand. I don't want to start a debate there. And the reason she doesn't want to start a debate, and this isn't even a point of contention is Tiffany and I have different preferences when it comes to like, I won't say who likes what, but we like, like when we go out to get coffee, like we have to go to two different places. (laughs) It's the longest coffee run, which is funny because it's the complete opposite when we're home we like the opposite brands so uh and i need like the deepest darkest espresso where you need like the sweetest coffee but Mm -hmm. if we're going out it's the complete opposite it's very weird um however you know so you think about going on your commute to work you're, you're spending the gas you're getting the coffee and then you're going out for lunch and then you're grabbing something on the way home and you know, oh, by the way, I'm going to go shopping because I have to pick up this. And it, it it's all over the place financially, whereas you could have groceries and, you know, cook stuff while you're taking calls and things like that. So the convenience is there. And I think one of the questions that you brought up is who decides who gets to stay home? And like, is that leadership and management or is that an opportunity that's brought to the employee with you know, different contingencies maybe mm-hmm. of if you're going to work from home, then the balance for the business would be X, Y, Z. However, if you're going to work in the office, then you get some extra perks like X, Y, Z. Um, so I'm going to bring up a couple of points and then you just jump in where you see fit. Um, one of the things that's been in the news, and I saw this probably in 2014, um, when I had a group of leaders and I really wanted to bring back the, the workplace fun vibe, right? Like I had just read about Google at the time and they were doing great things in the office where they were like installing a gym, installing a cafeteria, installing like a library and you could go see a masseuse and you could have like the spa day. And I'm like, wow, they're making like everything easy and so convenient for them. And my mindset was the business is providing for the employees and giving them everything that they need. And I thought that was just such a great idea. They were making it a fun place. You know, if you just needed to step away from your desk and go like to the gym for a half hour and then come back and you're refreshed and you can get back to work, then that was a good thing to do, you know? So I thought, um, how can I do the same thing for my team with the exception of not building a gym, building a spot, you know, but how do we still bring the fun back into it? And and we did, and, and it was cool. But now the mindset is, okay, but you've been like swindled because they do all those things to keep you at work. So you're actually working longer, later, and doing more because what need do you have to go out 
if everything is provided for you here, you know, mm-hmm. you, you've already gotten your workout in, so you it becomes like a it. hamster cage. Absolutely, yeah. And I never thought of it that way. And, um, you know, the the perks turn into like this subtle uh, psychological mind trick of getting people to stay. So if you take all that stuff away, like all the quote unquote perks, right? And it, what it really boils down to is what works best for the individual employee. And I think if employees are not needed specifically at the office, then it could save the organization money, first of all, because you don't need the business platform, right? You don't need the foundation of a building for them to be in and all the equipment and things like that. You're saving money on the phones because you could do a cell phone discount with a company. You could do the same thing with the computers and um, you know, but you're saving on rent, you're saving on electricity, you're saving on insurance for the building, you're saving on employees having to travel in and you having to reimburse them in mileage or whatever the case may be. Uh, and you have happy employees. I think that one of the challenges is that if leaders can't demonstrate that they are leading a group because the group is able to be productive without somebody watching over them, then what need is there for that leader? And so I think about a friend of mine that I was talking to, and this was going back to like right when the transition was happening from the pandemic into like, okay, we're slowly starting to go back into the public. And this person was sharing a story about how um, the leader demanded that the team came back. You have to come back on this day. We're starting at this time. You have to be here. And the team was kind of like, but why though? Like, why that time? Why this? Because I've been productive, if not overly productive, within my time frame of work, and it's worked out. And uh, the leader was kind of like, because that's my job. It's my job to look over a team. And so it wasn't what's in it for the employee. It was the leader having fear of not seeing or not providing worth to the Mm -hmm. organization. And... My thought is is that teams that I've worked with uh, in the past, in the present, in the future, um, well, in the future, because this is just how I, I think things would be set up, I want my team to uh, have that empowerment to be productive without me being over them. I don't want to be that helicopter leader or manager. And I don't think anybody should ever have to. The, the benefit would be if you make your team as great as you are as a leader, then you have bench strength to take over your role so you could be learning the next role. I always look at it as there's um, two types of leadership. Um, and I, I, I'll, I'll describe it in numbers. It's There's zero and one leadership, which is what you're describing with that person. I, I just want to make sure you did the thing. So it's zero if you didn't, one if you did. I just want to peer over the cubicle and be yeah. like, you know, case <clears throat> of the Mondays. <laughs> And then there's zero to 100 leadership, which is, you know, you're running at a, you're you're doing the thing, but you're doing it at a 65. How can we inspire you to do it at a 70? If you're doing it at a 70, how can we get you to an 80? If you're doing it at an 80, how can we get you to a 90 and above? Um, And I think those are the ones that are the most effective, even though it can be construed, you know, to your point with Google, who knows if their motive was to keep people there longer or if, if their motive was to actually inspire people to get from, like, 90 to 95. And right? just, like, a clause there. They're not the only organization that has done things like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. They were just the first that I remember hearing of doing things like that. And not that it's bad or good because I haven't worked for their environment. It was just mm-hmm. different perspectives on that. I just want to not get sued by Google. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so... Google me. <laughs> Google away. And yeah, don't sue us. We don't have anything for you to get anyway. Um, You're not taking Daisy. <laughs> yeah. So, but with that, there comes also the idea of perspective. And um, like in my organization, there are people that work front end and they're like, they help customers or clients, right? Uh, there are people that work on projects. There are people that are all the way up to like CEO level, etc. And I always look at like people who are entry level employees. They get a viewpoint usually into the company that's like through a tiny pinhole, meaning 
they know the procedure that they're supposed to follow or the policy that they're supposed to follow, but they don't really get a viewpoint into what was the conversation to steal like a Hamilton. Like they they weren't in the room when it, where it happened when the decision was made to to say, hey, we're open from this time to this time, or we uh, offer this much overtime because, or this much vacation time because, mm-hmm. and. It, sometimes it becomes easy for employees to, using that little pinhole view, almost judge decisions as if they were there and they had all of the information. And I, I can't really blame an employee for doing that, but I think the decision that they should make instead is, is this environment right for me? Can I sustain myself in this environment? Um you know, a lot of people have wives, husbands, families, kids, etc., pets, where if you stay in the office, you know, 70, 80 hours a week, even if 25% of that is in the gym or in the sauna or whatever fun place, you're not spending that time with your family. And if that's not tenable for you, then the decision you should make is let me look for another place and not let me change the whole dynamic of the company because chances are that decision was made for for whatever reason who knows okay but the company made a decision to change things because the world changed right Mm -hmm. so if i'm with an organization for let's say 10 years just to keep it simple and it went from me working in the office to okay for the next year i get to do the same role now I get to do it from home. I've totally upended my life at, uh, you know, the decision of what was made at the time for the state, the country, and the organization, that sort of thing. So why wouldn't I have a say in what should happen next? Because I didn't have a say in the first round. And I understood, right? Let's say after 10 years, I get it. I don't need all the information. I just need to know what's in it for me, for me to stay here. And if it's, if my whole environment changed and I learned something new because I didn't have control over the situation, then I shouldn't have to leave an organization I have tenure with to find another place that's going to suit my needs when I haven't failed at my job. I think um, I think that decision comes down to the idea of one-to-one versus one-to-some versus one-to-all, etc. Um, me as an employee, if I come into work... And, I'm, and I was working from home and now you want me in the office. If you accommodate my desire to stay home, that's a decision that's going to propagate throughout the organization. Like you can't just say, well, Jeff, you get to work from home. Other people Have they say, met you? No. <laughs> well, with me, I'm, I'm kind of like a bull in a china shop, so it might work that way. But in most cases, you, 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 you do have to be equitable, right? And in... When when that decision is made, there's a certain accountability to the person who's making that decision. So let's say I'm a CEO of a company, and now I know how much money the company spends in keeping that building, what the actual productivity numbers are across the entire business. If I make the wrong choice, I am going to be held accountable. I may not make a bonus. I may be fired and still make a bonus who knows or whatever that's that's my decision to make and i'm going to be held accountable to it for the person who is like if for jeff the employee who comes into work every day i'm accountable to my life i'm accountable to my family i'm accountable to the situation around me and that's why i think that that's why i like accountable or only in control of I think a little of both because, for example, if I was to tell you, well, you know, I I decided to take a job in Alaska and I'm going to be there for six months at a time and I accepted it. And I didn't. Ooh, (laughs) snow. I can't wait. The cold. Oh, no, but you have (laughs) to stay here and I'm going to be gone for six months at a time. I've already made that decision. You're not going to be okay with that. They have huskies there. Like I could do do like a snow sled thing I need to, to travel br- to work. I need to bring her back. Is to this the a t- possibility? We're going we're gonna to have to bring her back to the topic or else we'll be... Oh, I love the cold. I'm so we'll excited. Be, we'll be we're yelling mush in no time. Um, but you, you know what I mean? Like that's Maybe what... Maybe we'll see Russia from our house. Oh my God. Um, 
this is this is going off the rails fast. But but you know what I mean. Like yeah. it's 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 a situation where whoever whatever your family life is, even if it's just you living alone, your decisions that affect your household, that's what you're responsible for. And so if a company's not accommodating you, you can let them know like, "Hey, this isn't working for me." you know shoot out a, a a warning light like hey this isn't this is not tenable for me then the company can decide whether or not that is something they want to accommodate well, and hold on a second so what would be let, let's say you have a bunch of employees that are told now you have to return to work you have to return to the office we're not doing a hybrid thing like show up do like you did before all this happened right and the employees are saying no, no, and we want to have a sit down. We want to talk. What is the benefit, Jeff, the CEO? What is the benefit of having everybody back at the office that it that you're making it mandatory for it to happen, or telling them you have to decide if you need to go somewhere else? I that would depend on the industry, but I can I can think of some places where you might be dealing. For example, in Silicon Valley, there's a lot of secrecy. Right. Mm -hmm. So you might be dealing with the brand new Android phone or the brand new Apple phone or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants you. Nobody wants you to leave that at the grocery store because you brought it home and, and that's what you're you're testing it. Right. So you that would be a reason to stay in the office. Um, in other scenarios, you may have cases where um, you're dealing with um, government regulated products or government regulated procedures where having a really tight leash on the flow of information or the flow of ideas is is important are you so, thinking like medicinal and laboratory style yeah that kind of thing okay. um the, the, i mean there there's it could just be cheaper because you think as a ceo hey i have to pay a certain stipend for internet for everybody that's working from home and I think it's easier if I just have everybody in the office or I have to provide equipment and then maintaining. Maybe somebody told you that the people who use their computers at home, we have to replace them every year. But the ones in the office, we have to replace them every two years and it costs X amount. There's a myriad so of reasons. Home. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a myriad reasons why it could be. I mean, I, that stuff happens at home anyway. <laughs> that is true. But like... I'll, I'm not in that position, so I'm. I don't. I don't really want to speak to like this is why it's happening. I can imagine where that decision would come from. What I can tell you is, from my perspective, if a large number of your workforce is telling you, "I don't want to come back in the office, and I can be productive from home," and you ignore that, then what you're telegraphing is that my needs are more important than yours or that your workforce the current one that you have is not important and is replaceable and also that you're trying to justify your role because you need people to do what you say i i feel like as mm -hmm. an employee that's the message that i would get yeah and and you would not be whether that message was intended or not you wouldn't be off base for receiving it that way I think um, obviously there's some roles that cannot be, be performed at home. You know, you you don't want people with like Bunsen burners and beakers and, you know, lighting up stuff to see if this is the right medicine and that having that, you know, spontaneous combustion happen. Um, so, yeah, for for those uh, moments, I think, what was the show that we were watching uh, with uh, Amanda... Siegfried, is that her name? Seyfried, whatever. And she was Oh, uh, the one with Colson. Theranos. Yes, yes, yes. And how she was like the sleeping. The dropout. The dropout, thank you. And she was sleeping in the office and things like that. And then worried and paranoid that people were taking home secrets and, and whatnot. Honestly, if you're worried about your employees taking home stuff or that they can't be trusted with like a, a prototype or paperwork or things like that, then maybe they're in the wrong role, right? So... um you know, mistakes happen. You see information that's leaked all the time about companies and what they're doing, like Tesla or 
uh, Samsung or what the next Apple product is going to be. And, you know, there's, it's not always right, but there's always information that's leaked. And I think that's just going to happen no matter what organization you work for, no matter how many NDAs you sign, you know, and no matter how passionate the employees are, there's always somebody that um, says something. So I don't think that's a a point of in the office that there's a certain section that is very secretive and so they have to be here so that the stuff could be left here because I just don't think that's um, justifiable in that, you know, I could always put it on a USB and take it home and work on it from there. There's always going to be that person that is passionate and wants to continue working on it, um, but they don't want to do it in the office environment. And I think, you know, that's why you do give out computers so that you can track what's leaving the organization through emails and through the VPN and things like that. Like Mm -hmm. there's things put in place for scenarios such as that. Um, I think ultimately it's a matter of fear of change from the leadership perspective. I think that for such a long time, we've had this corporate model of, okay, everybody, you know, the hustle and bustle you put on, you know, back in the day, you put on your suit, you grab your briefcase, you head off to work, right? Like you're taking the bus, you're taking the train or whatever it is, you're commuting to work. I think of Mad Men, right? You know, and, and how you're there on time, you grab your coffee, you, you BS by the water cooler and and you go about your day and everybody's in the office, everybody knows their business, it's always gossip, you know, like there's always something going on. Um, but I think that's routine and that's what people know and that's what they saw generations doing before them. And there hasn't really been... A period of time like what we've just experienced where we were forced to change and we noticed hey this change could work and this could be different and then the great resignation started to happen because people realized oh there's more to life than just going to work for 8 to 10 to 12 to 14 hours a day and then coming home and finishing up and then starting all over in the morning and yearning for the weekends and then being too tired to do the thing that I love Whereas I could be extremely productive in these five hours um, because it's on my time and I'm more of a night person and I can get everything done that I should have had done in like two days in less than one. Um, And now I have the week to plan out things and I could spread my time out and I have my mental health and I could work on my crafts and I could do I could do more than I thought I could. Um, And I think that uh, corporate businesses are scared of that because it gives empowerment to employees to make their own schedule and then they have to adjust things for their clients and customers because now timing has changed of when people are available and if they can get things done in five hours why am i paying them for 40 hours you know and that sort of thing there is an aspect of this that we haven't we haven't covered i I really don't see a lot of people talking about it and that is you know this whole thing started because we had a pandemic Right. Well, that pandemic isn't over. You know, it's still there are still people getting COVID and it may not be as severe as it was. And it may be mitigated by a lot of um, things that have been put in place. But if I was to tell you, hey, in that building, 10 people have COVID right now, you wouldn't go in. Right. Right? So going into the office, there's still, for a lot of people, this fear that, you know, especially in places that do like testing and uh, the rapid test just to get in and do vaccine checks and all this other stuff. When you're in the office, you said it. Like, it's not even gossip at this point. It's you, you hear about, hey, John or... Sally or whoever, they're not here for X amount of weeks because they had to quarantine because they caught COVID. And you hear enough of those names and you start thinking, well, do I want to be here? Is it safe to come into work? You know what I mean? Well, not only that, I think that the conversation about COVID is so passionate on both sides of what should be done. Mm -hmm. Um, Those that feel really strongly about how things should be handled Uh, one way and then you know the other way and that's not the conversation here today but um, when you're working with people again uh, in the same environment and someone says the wrong thing 
to somebody else um, and they don't know how COVID has affected either of their lives, then it becomes tension, right? Because then the conversation becomes a debate and then, you know, Joe and John are no longer friends because, you know, they didn't keep in touch and now they're back in a social environment and one says the wrong thing to the other and, you know, all hell breaks loose. Um, but, you know, it, I don't think it's just COVID. I, I mean, my heart feels for the parents that are terrified of their kids going to school and them not being available for them with like all the uh, terrible events that have happened. Um, I think about like, you know, parents that have been able to homeschool their kids while working at home and knowing that... Or remote school or do like remote school. Yeah, like the distance schooling <clears throat> and just being within eyesight of their kids. And again, not being like a helicopter parent, but just having that peace of mind that my kid is right here, you know, and it, I'm not like a half hour away from home because I have to go to the office every day or I can't leave because I have uh, like a meeting right here, right now. Whereas if I'm on Zoom, I could be like, okay, catch me up later, guys. I'll explain later. Bye. Mm -hmm. Right. Versus I got to pick up all my stuff. I got to go grab my keys. I got to lock up the stuff that was quote unquote, like really high of importance, you know, that nobody can get leaked, you know, information from. Um, I think there's a lot of different scenarios, some of which aren't new, like the safety of kids in school is not a new topic. Um, I think it's just more prevalent now and the parents or the caregivers or the guardians um, see the possibilities of them being able to be more available and more involved and uh, it's just a peace of mind, mental health and a family concern that I want to be at home for my family. Uh, just for any scenario. I think this whole debate and this whole scenario um, is an opportunity for companies to put their money where their mouth is. And I have a suspicion of where a majority of them are going to land. And I think it goes back to um, a point that you made earlier. And it's the idea of you're building a gym in your in the office and you're building um a facility for leisure and a spa and all this other stuff right um and you want your employees to come away with the impression that you care about their well-being and you want them to be mentally sound and not that you're putting a piece of cheese for the hamster to come in do hamsters eat cheese i know mice eat cheese but whatever uh, I never owned a hamster. A piece of... Uh, I don't even know where they come from. A piece of lettuce. You're putting where do you a, find a hamster? At a pet shop. But, like, where does the pet shop get hamsters? I don't want to think about that. Like, where do they come from? They're not, like, living in a forest or a rainforest somewhere. Somebody you email us hamsters. and tell us where hamsters come from. <laughs> Are they like... I'm going to be Googling that tonight. <laughs> this, yeah, I I don't know. But I do know that that's a terrifying thought. If I, I, I get the feeling that I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. The hamster hole. But if you, if, for example, big company X doesn't want their employees to think that they're just using these... Um, these really nice gestures of, hey, we have a person on site for you to talk to and we have a person on site for you to do A, B, and C, right? Um, now that you have all these things and your employees are telling you, that's not the answer to my problem because I haven't seen my family or that's not the answer to my problem because my mind is at work and it's hurting my mental health and I want home time. What's your response then, right? Uh, I've talked to a psychologist or I've talked to a therapist and they're telling me I'm spending way too much time in the office and I really need disconnection time. Is your response to say, well, yeah, but my numbers say that you have to be in the office? Because to be honest, you're always going to find people that are okay with sacrificing themselves to do the thing that the company wants them to do. And But, I mean, at the end of the day, that's the image that the company ends up portraying is that, you know, 
we're not altruistic 100%. We are really just trying to get the production going. And that's why we built the gym. That's why we have this uh, five-star, three-Michelin star chef um, in the office. That's why we're getting the masseuse. It's not because we really want you to feel good. That's just a side effect of getting a massage, but we really want you to stay in the office. And you know, my answer as an employee would be, if you're not getting the numbers, maybe you should look on the back end on what you're spending your money on. Because the gym, the spa, the Michelin star chef and all this stuff, if I'm spending time there, then I'm not spending time doing work. So it's, you know, what do the numbers have to be? And are we spending our money wisely? Because we were still able to make numbers when we weren't here. Like what's here that's going to cause the numbers to be there? You over my shoulder breathing, you know, down my neck? No, that's that's not what's going to make it happen. And if you feel that that's the type of employee that you need to have in those seats, then this isn't the culture that I need to be a part of. And if that's the type of manager that you are, but that doesn't fit the culture of the organization, then you're going to lose your job a lot quicker than I am because I'm still going to be able to provide the results and they're going to want to keep me because my salary is a lot different than yours. And if you have a bunch of unhappy employees, that speaks more to your leadership than it does to my productivity. Productivity. So what can leaders do? And I'll, I'll, I'll put this for all levels, just from middle management all the way up to C-level um, executives. What can leadership do to reverse that that stigma that they just are looking at numbers or that they're just justifying their existence? What's the what's their best option? I think that uh, the first thing is communication. I think everything always boils down to communication and whether people are communicating correctly, communicating at all or um, really speaking the truth right instead of being compliant with uh their leadership and wanting to say the right thing i think that there's leaders out there that are in fear of losing their job um not because of this conversation that we're having right now just because in general either the organization isn't doing that great or um you know uh they might be moving the organization to another state and that person can't move with whatever the case may be. So there's there's different fears on people on why people don't speak up um, or why they don't tell their full truth uh, of how they feel or how their team feels um, out of fear of retaliation or rejection. Um, and so communication has to be transparent. And I think it starts there with the stakeholders and with the leadership and with the CEOs and, and, and the C-level, rather, uh, group and have honest conversation of the pros and cons of, okay, let's start at the very top, make it simple, and then let's keep breaking it down, right? Like, what would be the primary need uh, to make this office run? Like, who would have to be here for the, for the office to run and for us to justify them being here. Like what's in it for them? What's in it for the business, right? And once you see, okay, so 25% of the office absolutely needs to be here because these are the department, like we need IT up and running because they have to be in front of all the wires and stuff. They can't like get a robotic hand to move it from home, right? Um, however, these people who hint, who take calls uh, you know, from customers, there's no reason why they can't take those calls at home. They We just have to set the standards of, uh, you know, the noise reduction and make sure that they have their computers, their two-year computers that last, um, you know, and ergonomics and stuff like that for their desk and for their chairs and, and all that stuff. So, you know, you, you start dividing departments and then you start building the whys for the departments that are required to stay and the departments that have a choice of being hybrid and then the departments that can be at home because some people might be allowed to be at home but they may not want to be and then you know the departments that may have to be there may not want to be and so that's where the just conversations start happening with the leaderships but leadership has to really be grounded in understanding the why and also leadership may have a challenge with why they have to be there hmm. And so 
you know, you you always work on the mindset first before you start working on what the expectations are. So everybody has to be on board and understand the why. And so you're generating buy-in basically from, yes. from your staff. Well, yeah, I you know, I have a hard time with the word buy-in because to me that sounds like manipulation. Well, I think I want you to expand on that because to me buy-in is it's voluntary. Like I don't have to provide you with buy-in. You have to give me a reason to entice me to say, yeah, I'm on board. That's the word, entice. I have to entice you. No, I have to explain the why to you, and you have to decide if the why that I explain to you fits your needs. And I think that is a good segue point for me to give some advice to employees. And the first thing I would say is understand that this is not an adversarial process. You know, you do you are not chained to any company. There are very few industries where I can say this is like, you know, the old days where you started a job and you stay there for 40 years and then you retire. That is very, very that's now like the minority of, of cases. Most often what happens is you go to a job and you work there until they no longer fit your needs and then you go get another job. And the only case where you'll see somebody say, oh my God, your your work history is, if you're like six months to a year at a job before you leave, but some people span three to five and then they get that itch. So don't be afraid to cut the cord with your employer if they're not fitting your needs, as opposed to staying there and, and you know fighting in the trenches possibly giving up years of life in a place that you're not happy. Um, The second thing I would say is that in addition to the fact that you're not chained to your current job, right now, this very moment that we're in right now, the landscape for employees is phenomenal. Um... If you are in a specialized field for which you have like an undergraduate degree or an advanced degree or some sort of specialized certification or whatever, um, the likelihood is that there are a lot of companies looking for your talent. So moving around should be easy. Um, For people, like there's a saying that I used to say when before I was like this smart and wise and old and all this other (laughs) stuff (laughs) as my lovely wife chuckles um and that is I I can sweep the floors any darn place um that is 1000% more true now than it has ever been um the great resignation has made it so that while the entire workforce is shifting there's a lot of places that are a left with very low headcounts that they need to fulfill and B, new companies that are just trying chomping at the bit to take all of this talent that's moving away from from legacy companies. So there is room out there for you to start doing research, beef up your resume, beef up your LinkedIn profile, get some more education under your belt, um, start looking at other places as a viable option so that you're not thinking hey I'm tied to this place and I have to change the culture here there are companies that are really gung-ho about work from home that's what they believe that's fine there are other companies that are really gung-ho about everybody you know they they want that large range of employees across the country that's also fine uh so they allow you to work from home and they give you a lot more flexibility i don't think that there is a right answer to this and um in the grand scheme of things there are going to be companies that put people in the office that end up being winners and there are companies that are going to put people at home that end up being winners and vice versa they're going to be losers of, of all kinds of companies. It's a, it's, it's a very big moving target. So 
don't think that your answer is wrong and don't think that your feelings are invalid, but also don't think that you have to stay and suffer if the situation has become untenable. You're the only one that knows what's right for you and that's perfectly valid. The other thing, um, I'm going to touch on a couple of things that you said and then I'm going to go to, I guess, what my advice would be for leadership. Um, I have a TikTok. Um, My TikTok name is the underscore I-O underscore shrink. Um, And I recently posted on there, and, and this is really geared towards employees, don't feel obligated that you have to work for a company. If you discovered a new passion or if you discovered that you can um, do your passion in your way um, under your own name and under your own business, don't be afraid to try that route. You can always start over at any time. And so in one of my TikTok videos, most recently, um, I put in there a story about how you remember when you would go to an amusement park or you would go to like maybe Disney or like Adventureland in New York or Bush Gardens or Great Adventure and you'd go as a kid or even if it was just a regular school park or whatever and you're so excited to see like all these rides and and all this stuff and um, you know you feel the magic behind it you feel the excitement walking up to the ride even if you have to wait online like as a kid it doesn't feel like forever as an adult it's a little different especially if you're bringing the kids um but then when you go back to that place you see it differently you see it through eyes that have been through stuff right like because you've experienced things as you get older and so you start to look for things that need to be fixed and is this ride safe and is that employee like awake enough to manipulate this ride and i could see the wires behind the puppets and I could see that that slide is hot metal and it's been in the sun and my kid's going to like, you know, scoot down the slide and their legs are going to burn and you forget how much fun you had with that. You know, I have an exact anecdote for that. And that is, you know, you mentioned Disney. When I was little, um, I remember going to Disney and in the restroom they had those before anybody. They had those uh, the, the sink where you just put your hand under the water comes out. And as a little kid. First time I ever saw that. You're I like, was forget like, the rides. I'm staying in here. <laughs> I was like, what is this witchcraft? <laughs> and now, like, if 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 a restroom doesn't have that, they set I'm the thinking, standard back then. Yeah, I'm thinking this is disgust. I have to touch the thing <laughs> that everybody else touches to wash my hands. So it's to me, you know, obviously because it's a technology, but like. It's it's that same thing. Like if I was a little kid, I'd be like, well, "How how is it doing that?" Yeah, just as a opposed little to things. now, where it's like, "Well, I need that." You know, you yeah, know, you, that adult mindset is different. Well, yeah, for sure. And so, like, even going to Disney, I think like one of the first times that you and I went when we moved down to Florida, you know, we're looking and we're like looking at how long the waits are, how long the line is, yeah. how much the food is, how you could still see all the wires on. It's a small world, and you're like. I didn't see all this stuff as a kid. And I think of that in terms of the career and remember what you wanted to do, what you wanted to be when you were a kid and don't lose that magic and instill fear in there because you can see the wires, you see the paint chipping off the walls, you see the hot slide. Like, don't let that deter you from going down the journey that works for you or at least trying. If you're not happy with where you're at or what you're doing right now, and you know that there's something out there that's pulling at your heartstrings, try it. Try it, try it, try it. Because you're given a gift for a reason and it's a crime if you're not using that gift. Um, Now to the leaders, here's what I'll say, especially for leaders who come from a generation of leaders uh, in like office world, in CEO or C-level world, um, stakeholders, uh, that that sort of realm. I think that when business started early on, it had a parenting mindset of, you know, this is the father, this is the boss, he comes in, he sets the rules, he brings home the money, he does this, he does that, and everybody else is there to comply because he made the rules, he has the title, that's the thing. And we've always done it this way. It's always nine to five, 
we always go out for drinks afterwards and then we go back home to the family and the house is clean and there's food on the table because I provided and that sort of mentality. And now things are, and it's grown that way. Um, and it's just grown with more money and with more, you know, money has inflated. So people are bringing home more and using that to justify why people should do stuff. And the people that are coming in as employees weren't raised with that mindset. So it's not about the money for them all the time. It's, yeah, I need a job to live my life, but I'm okay with renovating a school bus and living in that bus and traveling the world and going job to job. Like, I don't need you. You need me more at this point, you know, and to your point of, you know, there's jobs that need people. And even if it's somebody to sweep, that's still a very important job for that place, right? That's why they have that role. I think for leadership, they have to realize that if you don't change, then there's no need for you. And um, I know that there's a lot of controversy around Elon Musk. Um, my personal opinion is as far as business and as far as forward thinking, I think he's a brilliant man. I don't know much about his personal life. I don't care to know. So I can't speak to, you know, things on that um, but as far as business goes and being innovative and just the way that he thinks, he was in an interview that I watched recently and um, somebody asked him, did he think that there is a possibility to create a way for people to have longevity, to live longer, to live to 200 years, to live to like 300, 500. And he's sitting there just like Elon would. And he says, yeah, absolutely. And as a matter of fact, I could probably create that like, you know, soon but I'm not going to <laughs> like that was just his very cool calm collect and they're like wait what why 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 wouldn't you create that for the world and he was like because I really feel like some people just need to go he said especially if you're not willing to change and if you have old ideas then it's your time and he said and I think that's you know what um what was meant to happen in the world and in the earth it, because if we stop creating then we all end up you know, dying. And he said, we have to evolve. We have to move with change. So I'm not saying that um, leadership that's been there for a while or uh, whatever needs to die. I'm not saying, you know, like, <laughs> um, that's not the route that I'm going with. It's if you want to continue to evolve and if you want to be ahead of the curve and ahead of the trend, then you have to start with you and get your mind right and think of, okay, if I was in this person's shoes, or if I could have done things differently where my life would have been what I wanted it to be, which would make it, take it from great to greater, what would I need to do at this point? And how can I make my employees feel that way? The same way that I researched what other companies were doing to making business fun for their employees. And I brought it to my teams and used, um, you know, bounced ideas off of them and uh, worked with them on what should we do to make our leadership team even greater and more fun for our employees. That's how you evolve. That's how you stay part of the trend. And that's how you keep your business alive. It starts with the people. If you're doing for the people what they need, the money will come. And we want to know what your thoughts are. So after listening to this podcast, head over to my TikTok. Again, it is the underscore io underscore shrink and comment on the latest tiktok regarding this podcast and give us your thoughts and it feels so good to be back it feels so good to be doing a podcast again and we have a lot of topics to cover but we also want to hear what you want to hear about too and um you know possibly open it up for some guest speakers but also for just some guests and to join the conversation and uh, it's going to be a great year. So thank you again for your patience with us and for joining us. And welcome back. We missed you. And we'll see you next time.